The book of Jeremiah this morning, Jeremiah chapter number one, Jeremiah chapter number one, and I'm certainly thankful that uh, God reached down to me. I trust that you are as well, and I'm certainly thankful for our salvation. Now I'm going to uh, jump right into the message this morning, and uh, we're a little bit behind schedule uh, due to the baby day parade, and I will adjust the message accordingly. Uh, because of that, which means we will get out late today. Uh, no, I will, I will let us out right on time. Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 1, and I'll begin reading with verse number 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. For I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build, and to plant. We're going to look at several things in this passage, but look with me again at verse number 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This morning I want to speak on this subject. Some things every child needs to know. Some things every child needs to know. Now, I don't want you to turn me off if you're not a small child. Uh, certainly, the parents of those who are in the Baby Day Parade needs to listen to the message this morning. But every parent needs to listen to the message this morning. Every grandparent needs to hear the message this morning. Every aunt, uncle, cousin, and if that didn't apply to you, everybody needs to listen to the message uh, this morning. It's important that we do so uh, because there are some things that it is our responsibility to make sure others know. We're going to look at some of these this morning. Father, I pray that you would uh, use your word to speak to us today. Uh, Father, we need to have a desire. I trust that we have a desire to be faithful to your word. And Father, I pray this morning with the time we have remaining that uh, the Spirit of God would speak to our hearts. May he guide us and direct us to some decisions today. If there's one unsaved, may they trust Christ today as their personal Savior. Whatever step needs to be taken next in our Christian life, may we be willing to do so today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Some things that are a fact, it's a fact that our God is not the author of confusion. Things are very clear in His Word. And when we get confused, it's because we are listening to Satan, who is the author of confusion. Something else that is a fact today is that there is an attack on the children of our nation. There's an attack on our children. And I trust that every parent, everyone who's still rearing children, you understand something. The devil wants your family. The devil wants your home. He wants your child. There are evil, reprobate men, controlled by Satan himself, who daily assault the children of our nation. In case I wasn't clear enough there, let me say it again. There are evil, reprobate men controlled by Satan himself who daily assault the children of our nation. 
If they do not succeed in murdering them in the womb, they use the education system in this country, along with Hollywood and political correctness, to convince them that they came from a monkey. Convince them that there is no God, or He can just be whoever you want Him to be. And they work, and they work against them, and if that doesn't work, they then work to attempt to confuse them, uh, attempt to confuse them by telling them if they were born a boy, then they might actually be a girl, or they might be no gender at all. Uh, most children of today are going to be told they're not good enough by this society's standard. They're going to be told that their value is in what society says it is in. That's why there are some things that it is vital that our children today know. If you're a parent, these things, it is vital that your children know these things. To every grandparent, there's some things that you ought to have in your mind that it is vital that I pass on. I teach my grandchildren as the opportunity allows me to. We as a church, we have a responsibility. Uh, we, have, we have a responsibility to those generations that come behind us for them to know some very important things because, see, there are those in this world that are working for them to know things that are not true. It is important for us to make sure they know those things that are true. That's why we have a day like today to put the emphasis on the importance of uh, our responsibility as a church, our responsibility as parents, our responsibility as people to make sure those that come behind us know what they need to know in order for them to ever be convinced of these things. They must, we must be convinced and be determined to teach them that which they must know. It's important for all of us to know uh, whether your childhood, you look back and it's way, way back in that uh, rear view mirror. It's important for us to know these things, be reminded of these things. If we're not careful, uh, we are bombarded by what society thinks, so we need to stay anchored to the Word of God. And there's some things I must be convinced of so that I can teach those that come behind me. I can instruct these things, and so I want us to see what Jeremiah has, one has for us today. Let me say number one, the first thing that every child needs to know is that God is the giver of life. In verse number five, before I formed thee in the belly. God is the giver of life. God is the giver of life. Well, but the laws, it doesn't matter what man's law says. It matters what God's law says. Well, the Supreme Court may or may not. I'm not interested in whether they do or they don't, and I hope they do, but God has established that He is the giver of life. Therefore, He's the giver of life. He's the only one who has a right to take life. He's the only one who decides how long somebody should live. That's why the Bible is very clear. Those who take the life of another, God says they are to give their life. Why? Because God is the giver of life, and no man has a right to take another's life. No matter how they explain it, no matter what they call, God says when you were in the womb, before you were ever born, I knew you, I formed you, I created you. He is the giver of life. These are... 
the average child is not hearing that today in their school. The average child is not hearing that today uh, from, from the political commentators. The average child is not hearing that today from even when they go to the doctor. But it needs to be told that every person that has a life is because God gave them that life. And friend, you and I need to be reminded of that, that God is the giver of life, and we ought to live this life to please and honor him. Why would the devil try and convince a child that God didn't give them life? Because therefore, as, his, as our creator, we have a responsibility. It is put in us to give honor and glory and to serve the one who's given us life. And if I can convince a child, if a child can be convinced that they were an accident. If a, a child could be convinced that God is not the giver of their life, if a child can be con, convinced that life is, does not have that value, then they are being taught that there isn't a God who they have a responsibility to. So I say, number one, one the first thing that every child, I believe, needs to know is that God is the giver of life and what a gift life is. Number two, the second thing every child needs to know, God is the planner of life. Notice in verse number 5 again, before I formed thee. Now, we've already seen that God tells Jeremiah, I formed you. I created you. I gave you life. That word, first word of verse number 5 is important for each and every person in here. The word before. Before you were ever in your mother's womb. Before I formed you. Before I gave you life, listen to what God says. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. That word sanctified means set apart. Jeremiah was set apart for a specific purpose. To be that prophet, to go and to preach to the nations. God says, I'm the one who gave you life. I'm the one who formed you in your mother's womb. Before that, before you were ever in your mother's womb, he said, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth, I set you apart. I sanctified you. I gave you life, and I gave you life for a purpose. What was God saying to Jeremiah? I planned your life. You weren't just you didn't just you weren't just conceived and born and then then God in heaven said, I gotta come up with something that this person's supposed to do. He said, No, long before you were ever in that womb, I knew you, I knew who you were, and I made a life for you. I planned a life for you. If it's true for Jeremiah, and it is, it's true for every single child that's in that nursery. It's true for every individual who sits in these seats before me this morning, that before you were ever in your mother's womb, God knew you, He created you, He had a plan for you, He had a purpose for you, because God is the planner of life. God knew us, planned our life, and gave us purpose. Friend, this morning, value is not in what society says it is in. It is in this very fact, the fact that God knew us, the fact that God planned us, the fact that God gave us life. Uh, what a slander against God for one of his children to say, well, I just don't think God has anything for me. I just don't think I have any value. God gave his son to pay your sin debt. That's value right there. God gave you life. 
Oh, that's why I wish we'd all understand. And young people who were in the service this morning, you hear it over and over again. You seek the will of God for your life. Give God your life. The very reason is because God gave you life to fulfill a certain purpose. God gave you life to fulfill a certain plan. And it's still true of each and every one of us here today. If you're still here, you may say, well, pastor, my childhood is long gone. He still got you here, which means you have not fulfilled your purpose yet. In recent days, we've said goodbye to people that we know and love. Why do we do that? Because they fulfilled their purpose. Because God planned their life. And in planning their life, he had a purpose. And when God saw fit that their purpose was done, God said, come on home. But for whatever reason, we are still here, meaning God still has a purpose for us to fulfill. He still has something for us to do. Maybe you're here and you've been running from the purpose God has created you for. Uh, maybe God has allowed you to be here today to hear this very message so you realize and understand the very thing you're running from is the very thing God puts you on this planet for. God did not put any of us here for us to figure out what we wanted to do. I need to go find myself. I don't even know what that means. You're going to be disappointed when you do, by the way. True happiness, and no matter what it is, is finding what God has put you here for and doing it. Don't we make this mistake? We look at others, we look at Christians, and we look at the life they're living and say, why do they seem so happy? Man, if I was, if I was them, I wouldn't be that happy. Well, you're not them. And the th- same is probably, if somebody, everybody's looking at the person who's saying that, saying, man, if I was them, I wouldn't be happy. Because the only true happiness is found in doing what God's created you to do and to be what God has created you to be. Well, we must realize that whatever it is, no matter how small we think it is, if it's the purpose God has given us, to the, to the mothers, he's given you the purpose of being a mother. Nobody else can do that for your children but you. Same is true with fathers, grandparents, so on and so forth. God may have put you on this planet to teach one individual in a Sunday school class or pick up one person on a bus But to to be a witness for him, to bring honor and glory to him, it's true that every individual, no matter what the situation, no matter how difficult the circumstances may be in their life, we understand that God is the giver of life. God is the planner of life. I don't know if this helps you, but it certainly helps me to think that God knew me before I was ever in my mother's womb. And God thought enough of me to give me life. And to plan my life. Think about that. The same God who put billions of stars in the space. The Bible tells us that he named those stars. He can call their names. And they're just balls of gas that are fixed in space. But he tells Jeremiah, long before you were ever born, I knew you. I sanctified you. I set you apart to do something that only you can do. Jeremiah was having a hard time thinking he could do what God had planned for him to do. And God reminds him, this is why I put you here for. Oh, all of us, we face tasks that, that, that we, we, don't, we, don't, we think we're not good enough for, we're not up for them. Be reminded that God thought enough of you to put you on this planet. So I, I don't know what it, what it is that I'm supposed to do. You'll keep asking him. 
Keep seeking His will. Keep following the Word of God. Do what you know to do today, and that will lead to what you know you should do tomorrow and the next day and the next day and fulfilling the will of God for your life. God is the planner of life. Every child today needs to know that God's the giver of life. Every child today needs to know that God is the planner of life. God makes no mistakes. Each life is... You know what? That's why we should treat every person with respect. We should treat every... We do our best to minister to and help anybody we can help because God gave them that life. God has a plan for them. Let me say this morning, no matter who you are, the first thing that God has planned for you, what God has planned for you is to call on the name of His Son. That's an opportunity that every man has is to be saved. Let me say number three, and I'll spend just a moment here. God is the provider throughout life. He's not only the giver of life. Oh, if I could take every child that lives in our nation today and set them all down and at one time have and, and tell them, God's the one who created you. God's who gave you life. If they could begin to understand that their value is in the fact that God created them and that God has a plan for them. God has something he, special that only they can do. Nobody else can do it but them. And if I could tell them that joy and peace comes from doing that which God created them to do, how miserable are these today? I think that's why they're so angry and so, and so, and so miserable and obvious for somebody trying to be a gender that God did not create them and trying to be something that God did not intend for them to be. How miserable is it to pretend to be something that you're not? You say, oh, you're really on them to know I'm on the people who tell them that that, that is okay to tell them and try and convince them. And by the way, let me just give a shout out to Governor DeSantis right now. Uh, it's cruel to tell a child that they're not good enough as they are as God created them, that they're supposed to be something else. That's cruel. God created us as we are. But number three, God is the provider throughout life. Follow this progression with me in verse number six. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Jeremiah was facing what it was that God had for him to do. And right away, Jeremiah says, I can't do this. I'm a child. Now, Jeremiah wasn't a five-year-old child like we, we think. Jeremiah's like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not cut out for this. I'm not able to do this. I'm too young for this. So I cannot speak. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to prophesy. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to do those things. He was given his excuse and his limitation. And by the way, all of us in here... Even though God gave us, gave us life, even though God created us, He has a plan for us, all of us have limitations. And you're gonna, all of us are going to face in our life, we get a, get a glimpse of what God has for us and say, I don't think I can do that. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I should do that. I don't think I'm able to do that. He gives his excuses. See, friend, you're not the first one to give God an excuse about, about the, the reason why you can't. But after he gave his excuse and... Verse number 7, of course, God listened to his excuse and changed his mind, and just that was the end of the conversation. No, that's not what we find in the Bible. Look at verse number 7. 
But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Well, aren't you thankful now that we're grown, that there was people in our lives that wouldn't take our excuses? There's a coach that wouldn't take your excuses. There's a teacher that wouldn't take your excuses. There's a parent that wouldn't take your excuses. There's a youth worker that wouldn't take your excuses. There's a pastor that wouldn't take your excuses. But all of us have a level of achievement in our life because there was somebody we wanted to give our excuses to, and they said, no, I'm not taking your excuse. We have a God who we see here when Jeremiah begins to give his excuse, said, I'm not taking that excuse. As a matter of fact, you are going to go to everywhere I tell you to go. And you are going to say everything that I, that I tell you to say. And what God is reminding him is that he has equipped him to fulfill his purpose. He's going to help him do everything that it was that he intended for him to do. And by the way, no matter who you are, what you're dealing with as a, as a parent, as a spouse, as a Christian, as, as, as whatever it is that God has brought into your life, if he, if he planned you, if he knew you before you were ever in your mother's womb, if he planned your life, the difficulty you're facing, he knew it before he gave you the plan. Amen. The obstacle and the heartache you deal with today, God knew it before you faced it. And what God has done is he has either put it in you to overcome and do, he's given you the spirit of God to help you, he's put people in your life providentially to get you through. God's not going to take our excuses that we offer him for not doing what it is that God has given us to do. Every child needs to be told that God is the provider throughout life. There is going to be times when these children, we know it because we lived it, there's going to be hardships, there's going to be difficulties, there's going to be things that we have to overcome, but we should not look to anybody but God, and God will get us through. Amen. At some point, I think every parent faces, when, as they're rearing their children in different stages of rearing their children, at some point, if not literally, figuratively, they throw up their hands and say, I don't even know what to do anymore. And if you are a new parent and you have a child in the nursery and you say, I've never done that before, just hold on. We must be reminded that parent, before God gave you that child, he, before you knew you were going to have that child, God knew you'd have that child. There's obstacles coming in their life and in our life. God knew it before we were ever in our mother's womb. Boys, children need to hear today that God is a provider throughout life. In order for them to hear it, grown up, adult, we need to live that as well. That God is the provider of all things in our life. If we don't have what we need, I know somebody who has it and who can give it to us. If we don't have what it takes to overcome, I know who can do that. The progression continues. God tells him in verse 7, God has equipped him to fulfill his purpose. Notice verse number 8. The next three verses, he's going to, there's three keys that I want us to see in verse 8, 9, and 10 that God is going to tell Jeremiah. Ten, three things that God's going to show him are key. Because you know it's easier. Do you remember that person that wouldn't take your excuses? They would say, oh, you can do it. And you're thinking, well, it's easy for you to say. It's easy for you because you're on the other side. Now watch verse number 8. Be not afraid of their faces. 
for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. We find in verse number 8, God says, I'm going to give you companionship. Friend, it's time that we be reminded as, as, as Christians, and certainly we need to pass this on to the generation behind us, that God plus us is a majority in whatever situation we're facing. Well, well every, and it's, it's a sad thing for a child to be abandoned, but God's with them. It's a sad thing for anyone to be abandoned, but God's with them. We're all going to face things that God has designed. I can look back, and if you allow me to use my own life, there are things I can look back in my life that God knew were going to be obstacles. God knew were things that I was going to face, my family was going to face. He knew it before I was ever born. So how do you get through? Those are things that only if you're the one who's been given the doctor's report, you appreciate the prayers, you appreciate uh, the support, but you're the one that's got to face it. You're the one that's got to deal with it. And what God is telling, telling Jeremiah is that I am with thee. I am with thee. He says you're going to have companionship Throughout life, if God's a provider of life, he's going to give him companionship. Notice verse number 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Verse number 9, God says, I'm going to give you the ability. Give you the ability. Boy, think about how big our God is. There's a lot of people in here this morning. And if we just use the number of people that are in here this morning, before any of us were in our mother's womb, God already knew us. God already formed us. God already knew everything about us. And he said, I've got a plan, and I'm going to take this individual, and I'm going to give them life, and, I'm going to, and this is the day they're going to be born. I know what they're going to do. I know what I want from them. And I'm going to give them the ability to do it. They're not going to think they can do it. There's going to be some things that look a little too big, but I'm going to give them the ability. What a great God we have that gave us life, designed our life, gave us a purpose for life. We don't have to wander aimlessly through life, wondering why we're here. God gave us purpose. God gave us a reason for being here. And he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you the ability to do it. That's why whatever it is that God has for you to do, whatever that hand finds to do, do with all thy might. Why? Because he's going to give you the ability to do it. He's going to give you the wherewithal to get it done. Then notice verse number 10. He says, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Boy, as a preacher, I like, I like this verse. He says, You're going to root out. You're going to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build, and to plant. So that's what you're going to do. What has he done now? He's given you purpose. He says, Jeremiah, let me just spell it out for you. This is what you are going to do. Now, don't miss this. Sometimes we look at what, we, what God has given us to do, and we say, I don't want to do it. Sadly, I've had conversations with individuals. They knew they had a call by God, of God on their life to preach the gospel. And they just said, I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay the price. I don't want to sacrifice. I, I don't want to do it. Can I tell you, that person is, going, is miserable today and they'll be miserable the rest of their life. Because that's not why God... Well, they're doing a noble thing. That's not why God put them on this planet. 
I'm going to say this, and I hope you won't judge me too harshly. By looking at some of you, you're going to. I don't always feel like preaching. I don't always feel like pastoring. I mean, you come up here and look out here and see if you'd always feel like pastoring. Why, why is that? Or you just know I'm, I'm flesh like you are. Sometimes I don't think I can do it. And humanly speaking, I can't. But can I tell you how miserable I would be if I was not doing what God put me on this planet to do? As a pastor, there's burdens you have to bear. There's sacrifices you have to make. But that pales in comparison if you're doing that for the King of kings and Lord of lords than being miserable trying to fulfill a life that God did not put me here for. And by the way, this will help all of us be satisfied with what God's given you. Be satisfied with what God has created because what God has created your life to be is just as important what He's created for somebody else's life. Because He saw fit to put you on this planet to do that thing, to fulfill that purpose. He gives Him purpose. Now I conclude very, very quickly. Some things that every child needs to know. One, God is the giver of life. Two, God is the planner of life. Three, God is the provider through life. And then four, every child needs to know Jesus is eternal life. The greatest thing that every child needs to be told is not that they can be whatever they want to be. I'm not necessarily against that, but the greatest thing that they need to be told is that Jesus is eternal life. Jesus is the hope of every man. I don't have those statistics before me, but you know what I'm trying to say. The percentages show that the greatest opportunity for a person to be saved is when they're a child. It doesn't mean it's the only opportunity. It means if you were saved after you were grown. Those same studies also show that someone who is saved as a child, they have a greater, much greater opportunity in life to not only serve the Lord, but to avoid the things in this life that certainly we want everyone to avoid. So it is vitally important, not just for this life, but for eternity's sake, that every child learns that Jesus is eternal life. Mom and Dad, listen to me very carefully. You may not be able to offer your children what some in this world as far as material things. But you can teach your child the greatest thing, the only thing they really ever need to hear is that Jesus is eternal life. That Jesus died on the cross and paid for their sins. That Jesus, as John 3.16 reminds us, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Boy, there's, that's the greatest story ever told. That's the greatest thing any child can hear and learn. And the Bible refers to that childlike faith of just believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, they, had to, they have to know that they're a sinner in Oh, sometimes, even though those, those children, they may say, did you do that? And they, their head may say no, but their faces tell a different story. 
Oh, and the punishment that comes, and I told you you weren't supposed to do that, or you're not supposed to say that, or, or you're not supposed to, to hit your sister. I mean, come on, there's incentive if you have a sister. But, you know, you're not supposed to hit your sister, and you're not supposed to, and you, you knew the rules, and now there's punishment for that. Well, as you come to a child, and they certainly understand right and wrong, the punishment, the penalty, but that Jesus paid that price that was required. And all they must do is believe. You say, you may ask the pastor, do you believe that children can be saved? I absolutely do. You're looking at somebody who was a child when they were saved. Oh, I have vivid memories sitting in a little classroom and if you remember those little flannel graphs that were used back in the day and the crucifixion, was the story was being told and, oh, I knew what sin was because I knew I was a sinner. I was what you would call one of those rambunctious kindergartners. My mom was my teacher. I was almost five years of age and I knew what sin was. I knew what, there was a punishment for sin. Brother Hudson sits right back here. He was the principal. He and I knew each other from a young age on. I knew there was punishment. I knew you do wrong, there's punishment. But to hear that Jesus paid the price that was required in the Holy Spirit putting me under conviction as a child. Don't tell me that children can't be saved. That's a slander against my own salvation. And I know I'm going to heaven because I remember putting my faith and trust in Christ. I said, I can believe that. They need to know that Jesus is eternal life. You know, parents, the greatest thing you can give your children is a saved mama. A saved daddy. That's the greatest thing you can give your children. The greatest thing you can give their children is you can rear them to know the Lord as soon as they're possibly able to know. They can put their faith and trust in Christ. This world is going to tell those children that just came across earlier in the service, those that are in their own service this morning, our young people who are in this service this morning hear it. They're telling the kids that live in our neighborhoods and live in our nation, it's going to tell them a lot of things that just aren't true. Quite frankly, it's going to tell them a lot of things that are going to be very damaging to them if they don't ever hear the truth. Our challenge this morning, every parent ought to be challenged that there's some things that my children need to know and I want to know grandparents to the grandchildren. And the truth of the matter is, as a church, as the pastor, I make no bones about it. I want every one of those children to know the things that I just preached this morning. I make no apology. The buses we've run through the years, the children's classes, the emphasis that we have, for them to realize that God has created them and given them a purpose and there's a reason for their being here. Well, I think I was just a mistake. Oh, don't slander God that way. Well, the circumstances that I came into this world, God knew. God plans you. God has a purpose for you that only you can fulfill.
May we dedicate ourselves to these things this morning. May we live them out in our own life. May we realize that we have the opportunity to be the right kind of influence in the life of another child. Father, I pray that you would use the message this morning. I pray that...